This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. From the Willow Window Broadcast Center. Willow Window. Making your home beautiful again with replacement windows, doors, and decks. Online at willowwindow.pro. Now live from NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, here's Truman Jones. Good morning, Rutherford County. And Greg Tucker, I have told everybody that uh, uh, we were going to be talking about Hooper's this morning because that's been the the big place where old Murfreesboro would go and and uh, enjoy each other's company and now he has gotten sick on us he who Bruce oh so uh, what are you going to do today because I, I've just been kind of uh, uh, ready to take a nap and, and, and here you are with Nobody to talk to. You talk. You did call Eddie's uh, Jernigan, and what happened with Eddie? Uh, he said he's got to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh me! So, uh, so we're just we're just going to just uh, Bruce Hooper. Have a good time. Bruce Hooper was going to join us. He and his wife, I'm told, have the stomach virus oh, and no. uh, it's not able to get out. Uh, but we'll we'll invite him in again another time. Uh, he's in a busy season right now, and uh, I told him it's a good time to come on the air and tell yeah. people. Not only does Hooper's host the uh, Hooper's Institute, uh, which has been reduced substantially over the last year because of the what naturally occurs to senior citizens, but. Uh, what does occur to senior citizens? They pass away. They die, Truman. You're kidding. Yeah. Well, we've got something to look forward to, haven't we? <laughs> I hope we're looking forward to it. Actually, I'm looking forward to all you guys coming and eating dinner with me tonight. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the good ladies uh, that were with me and took care of me at the sheriff's office, uh, I'm taking them out to dinner, which is one of our things that we do every two or three months. But I look so much uh, toward that, and I'm going to have – and you and Mitrietta are going to be with us special tonight. Invi special invitation. Yes. Actually, we're checking to see what you're really doing on these occasions. Uh-oh. Yeah. Well, now now that we've got the nonsense behind us, I want to say something what about – What nonsense? I want to say something about no, all right. a good friend that I've lost – uh, on April 11th, Guy James III yep. passed away, and uh, Sonny was his nickname because there'd been a lot of Guy James, and uh, the old, uh, I enjoyed my conversations with Sonny from time to time, and his father, Guy James Jr., was a close friend of my father and became a close friend of mine before he died. And I literally uh, sat by his bedside his last few weeks, and he told me stories that uh, I don't think he'd ever told anybody else. A fascinating individual, and, and Sonny was very much like his father. Yeah. Uh, but the obituary, I'm not sure who wrote it, probably someone in his family. Uh, the lead sentence, I thought, was certainly appropriate because it says, Guy, Sonny James III, age 75, played his last hand on April 11th. Well, I can understand that one. Uh, yeah. Sonny, like his father and his grandfather, was a gambler. Mm -hmm. And I certainly know the guy, James Jr., was a very good gambler, and I think Sonny was in his father's... father's Not family. as good. Not as good. Not quite as good. No, no. Uh, well, uh, Guy Jr. Uh, had a regular game 
I don't know how often they got together, once a week maybe. He owned the property that had been, was it Dairy Queen or Dairy Dip over there on uh, uh, South Broad? Broad now. Street, yeah. Yeah, South yeah. Broad Street, close across the street from uh, mm -hmm. the Discovery Center over in that area. And uh, when I noticed that that was no longer available, I had somebody else moved in there. I asked Sonny, I said, where'd the game go? And he said, to Shelbyville. And I'm not sure just what was going on, but uh, the uh, the game apparently for the last couple of years, the game has been in Shelbyville. But uh, uh, I, I, I'm, I hate to lose the James people because they have such colorful backgrounds and know so much about this town and this county. And uh, my sympathies to the James family, uh, but I do know that Sonny enjoyed life. And... Uh, uh, lasted a good 75 years. Things have changed so much because I knew most of those people that were enjoying life to the fullest, you might say. And uh, it was, uh, to lose those people is like, you know, a large part of Murfreesboro passing away or Rutherford County. A piece and, of history. Yes. And the James family, I mean, Sonny's great-grandfather, Burr James, had one of the biggest uh, stable operations right down there where Church Street meets Broad now in that area before Broad Street was cut in there. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about the late 19th century now, Burr James. Yeah. And uh, uh, I have written about some of that activity and uh, Guy James Sr.'s involvement. Uh, and some of that. I forget which of my books it in, but uh, focused on the White Front Barbershop, which was one of several fronts on mm -hmm. the square that hosted uh, some of the activity. Did you ever participate? No, I wouldn't even remember where the games were when they were still going on. I, of course, was quite young at that time. Oh, really? Oh, you you got involved in some of it. I I never knew they were going on. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I guess you were just looking the other way. <laughs> One of my old buddies, Hokey Johns. Uh, it was my understanding that that he was quite a player in, in his day. Hmm. And uh, if we were talking the other day, and you and I were about uh, uh, Hoopers and and how many that have left us in the last couple of years. And uh, I go back well beyond that because uh, I, I can't even tell you the numbers that I have lost over the last 15 years. It's It's been unbelievable. And we see Murfreesboro and, and, and uh, Rutherford County changing as we lose them, which is amazing. Uh. That generation is our link to our to our past. Yes, it is. Uh, but we will be, I'm getting philosophical, we will be that link for the next generations, I hope. Uh, and uh, that's a lot of responsibility. Yeah. You, you know, uh, as you and I talk about how things change and people uh, change over the years and losing them makes a big difference. I was glued uh, I don't usually like to watch television that much but I was glued to the screen with uh, Prince Philip's uh, uh, ceremony and you know I have such admiration for the Queen and also Prince Philip for the way that they conducted themselves over the years with such class and and uh, I, I don't think that we will ever see that again, which, which really bothers me because we need examples like those two for us to kind of uh, mirror our lives as how we're going to conduct ourselves also. And it, it seems to be a, a passing fancy or whatever, but uh, um, it, it just really caught me, and, and I was so taken by it. Well, there's another one of our 
elders that uh, I've been keeping up with very closely, Ralph Puckett. Mm-hmm. And I'm pleased to say that Ralph seems to have made a little bit of a comeback. Uh, he now is nearby. He's in the Adams Place uh, nursing care, rehab care. But he did last week uh, have to go back to the hospital for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And I called him. Well, I dialed his cell phone number thinking that his, that uh, Virginia, his wife, might be keeping the phone. And he answered. Mm-hmm. And uh, I knew he had or was in the hospital. So my first question was, Ralph, where are you? And he says, I'm in jail. And I thought, <laughs> now, wait a minute. Let's, let's think this through. And I said, uh, are they feeding you? Oh, they feed me good. But they won't let me do anything. And I said, are you back over at the nursing home? Yeah. His characterization, and this is part of the precautions that they're taking still because of the virus and such. But they've opened up quite a bit over here. They have, over here, they certainly yeah. have. The nursing home, I think, is still pretty tight. Yeah. And uh, Ralph, last time I talked to him before, was uh, visiting people through the window, mm-hmm. you know, closed window. So but his characterization, he's back in jail. Got out of the hospital, but they put him back in jail. And uh, unfortunately, he told me about when they were loading him into the uh, transport ambulance, uh, he fell. Oh. And I thought, you know, what about the people that were working with you? And he said, scared them to death uh, when he fell. And they stopped three times between the hospital and the nursing home pulled over to go back and check on him, be sure he wasn't having any after effects. Apparently, he didn't hit his head or anything like that. But uh, for the transport personnel to let somebody fall. Uh, that would be rare. For yeah, most. and unfortunate. Yeah. I have not checked on our friend, the Smyrna historian, Marty Luffman. Marty's got a long road, apparently, to come hey. back from the traffic accident. His mobility has really suffered from yeah. what I was told this Marty, morning. if you're listening, we think about you every day Yeah. and hope you're making progress and we'll be calling and talking to you again soon. Ah, he'll be back riding and shooting again. I sure hope so. He's tough. Uh, I had occasion to uh, write up a uh, tribute to another one of our bits of history. Uh, Billy Ledbetter. Mm-hmm. Billy died in December, and we were just now getting organized to do a memorial for him in the newsletter of the Rutherford County Historic Society. Billy was, I'm pretty sure that we're correct, I researched it as best I could, the last surviving charter member of the Rutherford County Historical Society. Wow. The society was organized. Uh, Homer Pittard taking the lead back in that time in 1971. Mm-hmm. First meetings were in 1971, and 33 charter members uh, put the organization together originally, and Billy was one of them. But uh, Billy has an incredible family tree if you're interested in local history. I mean, beginning with the Ledbetter and Lytle names, mm-hmm. and coming through all, so many of the prominent names in our history back in the 19th century, early 20th century, all come together in uh, Billy, and uh, particularly after he married uh, Sally, uh, she also uh, had impressive uh, family links. And between the two of them, they just about covered every uh, prominent early family, early family name in the area. Uh, and the Ledbetters, the name that came all the way down to, and uh, Billy, I think, has two sons, uh, one in Nashville, one in Texas, but still carrying the Ledbetter name. But if you go into the Civil War period, well, first, uh, we have uh, the original Isaac Ledbetter coming into this area in about uh, 1815. And so we have a line of succession all the way forward from there. In the Civil War era, one of the William Ledbetters uh, developed and operated for a year or so uh, a gun factory, manufactory, they called it back then, making firearms. 
that were used by the Confederate forces. Uh, his son headed the uh, Confederate military contingent out of Rutherford County, which was known informally as the Rutherford Rifles. And his son uh, was a businessman who founded several uh, businesses in the area. And uh, then it comes down two more generations, and you get to Billy. Uh, Billy was born in 1918, so he was, I guess, 94 and 95 uh, when he died. Uh, and even his home, which is on University Street, big, beautiful, white home, massive-looking home. I think it's uh, 115 North University, mm-hmm. was the Christie Mansion originally built by the Christie family, which also very prominent in uh, Murfreesboro history, and uh, served as a, I guess you'd call a worship facility for the early Catholic congregation hmm. before they built their uh, first uh, church building uh, just a block away from the Christie home. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we lost uh, we lost. A lot when we lose, uh, when we lost Billy. Did you say he was born in 1918? Yeah. He would be over 100 years old. No, excuse me, 1928. Oh, okay. Yeah, 1928. They're right. Uh, And as you say, uh, we lose some history as, as we move along. Yeah. Yeah. When you do all this, um, work, research work uh, as far as following up on all the the people of the history of this Rutherford County do, do you kind of get a uh, um, feeling of something special when, when you're following up on those people because they're many of them are so unusual well people like Billy Ledbetter and Guy James are uh, special unusual mm-hmm. Uh, but neither one of them will tell you that. They just, uh, you know, they'll talk and with encouragement talk about uh, themselves. Uh, but neither one of them was, what you'd say, egotistical, wanted to tell you about it. Yeah. Uh, you had to work a little bit. Uh, and it was, yeah, I said earlier, Guy James Jr. told me stories he had not told before. I shared some of them after his death with Sonny, and that was Sonny's reaction. I never heard that. <laughs> I didn't know that. Uh, Guy Jr. Uh, represented the uh, pensioners, the military pensioners, World War I uh, veterans. Mm-hmm. Helped them get their, uh, and he, of course, was very well known as a bondsman. Yes. And uh, a bond quite a few years. Yeah, and you can't help but have interesting experiences as a bondsman. Yeah, the bondsman back in those old days had a great relationship with law enforcement, and and of course it it was a money making situation, but it was also a lot of times the bondsman would uh, give their services free, especially if they felt like the person that was in jail. Was uh, usually uh, most of them back then were um, just victims of circumstances, you might say, but they did um, they they did have a long history here in Rutherford County, and very few of them were um, people that y- you felt like that would flee this area. So um, they got to meet a lot of people and and take care of a lot of people, and I I thoroughly enjoyed Guy. He, he had a great personnel. Well, I never was with Guy when he was in his professional role as a bondsman. But I've worked with a number of other bondsmen here in other parts of the country. And I noticed one thing they always have in common. They deal a lot of cash. And usually have somewhere in their person a big wad of cash. <clears throat> so they can make those smaller bonds quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, negotiated right there beside the bench. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it was always interesting to watch. You didn't want to mess with the bondsman, though. A lot of times that was your free ticket to get out of jail, you might say. Yeah. So that was a big thing. And and then, um, of course, um, um, 
then ladies started making bonds, which I didn't think that would ever happen. But um, they they became quite successful in their own right. I know one former lady bondsman, uh, now an elected office holder, she was campaigning and uh, talking to her kind of on the aside, I said, you carrying your weapon? She says, no, I left it in the car. <laughs> well, it, it was a, most people think bondsman is, you know, it's just an automatic uh, way to, to uh, the, the golden ticket, you might say. But uh, that's a pretty tough business because uh, there, um, when you would sign these big bonds, like uh, a drug dealer, or a murderer, or a rapist, or somebody like that, that had influence, and and uh, you you signed it for a hundred thousand dollars or more, you were actually uh, uh, have to get that person in jail for their particular um, a jury time, and uh, uh, you'd be surprised how many of them would take off. I remember Norris Lovern signing one for a, a drug dealer out of South America one time. And um, he was smart enough to work out a deal with whoever this guy's cartel was. Um, uh, I think the bond was, it, it was at least six figures. And uh, guess, guess who got a cash uh, payment from South America? <laughs> <laughs> So he didn't have to worry about whether he showed up or not. It was covered. Yeah. You know, some of these stories, they're almost too uh, just out of this world crazy for people to even believe them. It's amazing the things that happen uh, in that line of business. And I'm so uh, proud of all the law enforcement officers we have around here and across the nation. We're, we're especially blessed to have those people who are willing to uh, risk their lives, reputations, everything else, just to protect our, us. And, and uh, I was so proud to be a member of the law enforcement community for a lot of years, and, and, I, and, and I still respect all of them. Well, I was, as you know, I enjoy thumbing through old papers and writings, and uh, came across a uh, personal piece written in 1907. There are in our local history a number of uh, individuals who were very literary mm -hmm. and took the time late in life to write about their recollections. And one of those is a fellow named Fred Crass, C-R-A-S-S. -S. Uh, he was a German immigrant, and that's the name he converted his name into. Uh, he, of course, had a, a German German name. Mm -hmm. uh, we mentioned his son last week, Ambrose Crass, uh, who was honored and very uh, appropriately so for his fundraising on behalf of worthy causes and during World War II, the, the war bonds. Uh, Fred immigrated back in the 1850s, very young, maybe early 20s, maybe late teens, came by himself. He had been fortunate in that he had apprenticed or trained in Germany in shoemaking. He was a cobbler. And when he came over here, he rather quickly found a way to make a little income. But he uh, somehow drifted down south and ended up here in Murfreesboro uh, as, a, as a young man and uh, began plying his trade, making shoes, and uh, was doing quite well. He decided he wanted to make his home his permanent home in this area. Uh, so he went into court. 7th District at that time and uh, indicated his intent to be a citizen and a good citizen and he took the oath of allegiance to the United States of America mm -hmm. uh, for, uh, swore that he was no longer loyal to the Duke or whatever he had lived under in what was then a German state uh, 
And uh, but he encountered the waiting period. He had to show that he had been in the country five years. Well, he hadn't. So it started counting in uh, 1860, 1861, when he uh, went into court and pledged his allegiance to the United States of America. Well, an odd coincidence, what happened in early 1861, yeah. Tennessee seceded. And uh, despite his uh, pledge of allegiance, he immediately joined the Rutherford Rifles and uh, became part of the Confederate States military. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think in part because everybody else in uh, Rutherford County, all the able-bodied young men, were joining the cause. So, uh, mm-hmm. not all, uh, but a lot of them, and certainly in his circle. So he, he joined and went along. I found uh, a couple of years ago, uh, he s- survived. He did have some very close uh, uh, risks, and uh, he fought in the Battle of Shiloh. And I found where he wrote up years later his experiences at Shiloh, which really kind of open your eyes as to what was going on there. You remember, if you read, the Confederates were easily dominating yeah. in the first half of the battle, and then things turned against them. And uh, uh, Crass, in his writing, points out the failures of the leadership at that time. Uh, and uh, then he fought at Stones River, and uh, was particularly close to the McFadden uh, disaster for the Confederates, and again gave a, 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 a uh, almost too vivid description of that experience. Uh, but in 1907, he wrote about two uh, personalities that he, well, three really, that he had come to know uh, because he was here for a year or two before the war and was speaking about the uh, family relationships and such mm-hmm. that he had learned there. And two of the names are very familiar, Lytle mm-hmm. and Palmer. Uh, Palmer House just recently sold over on East Main. be interesting to see how that develops. But anyway, uh, I enjoyed last week reading and enjoyed the flower, flowery way in which the reporter told about a, a, a cyclone. Uh, also, uh, Fred, who came to English much later, writes uh, with a little bit of a flair. But uh, why don't we take a break and then we do this without interruption. Can you Take work? a break? Yeah, take a break here. I wonder if they're awake over there at the radio station. I know. All right. Hey, guys, if you're in the theater, please, let's take a break. Uh, Greg is running out of steam. (laughs) I don't want them to interrupt a very interesting reading. Thank you. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard. It's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Adams Place is founded by Dr. Carl E. Adams, a physician and lifelong resident of Middle Tennessee. He and Jenny May had a dream of building a campus concept of life care facilities for older adults. Adams Place Residential Living Director, Terry Deal. Discover that senior living is fun. Call us at Adams Place and arrange a tour today. Adams Place is at 1927 Memorial Boulevard. It's a slick pig barbecue. Spicy wings and Brunswick stew. Everything made fresh for you at the slick pig barbecue. There's lean smoked turkey and chicken too Ribs so tender don't need to chew Well come on folks, I'm telling you It's a Slick Pig Barbecue In 1920 East Maine, you're gonna love the pig The Slick Pig Barbecue, a Murfreesboro tradition We invite you to stop by Bell Jewelers on Thursday From 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. for our Antique and Estates sale 
We'll have jewelry from all over the United States and overseas in for Thursday. Special pricing and beautiful designs. The date is Thursday from 10 until 6. That's Bell Jewelers, 821 Northwest Broad Street for our antique and estate sale on Thursday. Discount Mattress is on the move and great news for you. To reduce moving costs, all remaining inventory is being liquidated. Stop in today at 1614 Northwest Broad Street near the Georgetown Kroger to take advantage of the huge price reductions on their already discounted prices. Discount Mattress has been serving Murfreesboro's mattress needs since 2001, is locally owned and operated, and excited to offer these reduced prices prior to their move. Don't wait. Stop Stop by today, Discount Mattress at the corner of Northwest Broad and Northfield. I'm Bobby Parker from the Bridge Avenue Church of Christ, 725 Bridge Avenue. I'd like to invite all of you to our gospel meeting April the 30th, May the 1st, and May the 2nd. Friday and Saturday night services will be at 7 p.m. On Sunday, we will have the Bible class at 9 a.m., worship service at 10. We'll have an afternoon service at 2 p.m., our speaker will be Brother Phil Sanders. You all are welcome and wanted at the Bridge Avenue Church Christ. Now an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. The Better Business Bureau's Shred Day in front of Planet Fitness was a huge success in that it reduced identity theft for several area residents. The Better Business Bureau's James Price explains. Be careful about those scammers out there. They can steal your identity. You don't want anybody getting your information because they could actually cost you money in the long run. So it's better for us to put it in that Max Shred truck over there and shred it away and you not have to worry about it. People who brought items to shred were given scan prevention packets from the Federal Trade Commission. Predators' bags with gifts and information from Planet Fitness, news from Greenhouse Ministries, and helpful volunteers from the Murfreesboro Rotary Club who unloaded the papers from the line of vehicles. In addition, officers from the Murfreesboro Police Department kept the traffic flowing smoothly. Another shred day is planned for fall. After 49 years, Lewis Snyder's studio, S. Pottery, is closing its doors and selling the pieces created by the artist with worldwide notoriety. His place settings, pottery, and art pieces have been selected by leaders in distant places who wish to be anonymous. Plus, over the years, presidents have enjoyed the Murfreesboro Potter's creations at the White House. Snyder's art will be on sale Saturday and Sunday, May 1st and 2nd, from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Studio S. is on 1426 Avon Road. Special kids asking for area golfers to join them on the green Thursday and Friday, May 6th and 7th for the 2021 Special Kids Spring Golf Classic at Indian Hills Golf Course. Proceeds help support local families, including the children that Special Kids serve on the Murfreesboro campus. Participants can register for one or both tournament days. Details on how to do that on our website, wgnsradio.com. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. Need a break from the sound bites and the talking heads? Do you want information you can actually use? Information that'll change your life for the better? Then listen to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell will show you how to retire in two to five years. Your age doesn't matter. Turn off the pundits and turn on the passive income. Tune in to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show, Monday through Saturday, 11 to noon, right here on News Radio WGNS. Here at Bud's Tire, we make buying Michelin tires simpler. I'm Allison Mitchell with Bud's Tire Pros. We offer a straightforward approach to service, including nationwide warranties with every purchase. Stop in today to see our full lineup of Michelin and BF Goodrich tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin and BF Goodrich have a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. We're located on East Main Street, exactly three miles from the town square, one mile past Rutherford Boulevard. Visit us online at BudsTireProsTN.com. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. Decreasing clouds on tap here for the early morning hours with a low near 42. On Sunday, lots of sunshine, highs in the upper 60s. I'm Derek Dahlman on News Radio WGNS. Right now, 46.
Premier Six Theater on Broad and Jackson Heights, showing all of your favorite movies. Call their hotline, 896-4100, or go see a movie.com. Popcorn pop fresh daily. Their movie hotline, 896-4100, or go see a movie.com. Premier Six on Broad and Jackson Heights. From NHC's Adams Place, home of Premier Senior Living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. And back with Greg Tucker. We were talking about Fred Krass, C R A S S a German immigrant who uh, came to Rutherford County, uh, decided he wanted to go through the formalities of U.S. citizenship, took the oath, and then joined the Confederacy, the Confederate military. He survived uh, the time in the military, came back to Tennessee, and then was able to use his time in the Confederate military to satisfy his five-year proof of a five-year residency in the United States. Uh, and did get his citizenship. He resumed uh, his uh, business making shoes, but he also got into politics, was an alderman for the city, and uh, got appointed to the corrections department of the state of Tennessee, served as a assistant warden on several facilities, and uh, had a very strong opinion, which we, he touched on in uh, some of his writing. Uh, it was in 1907, after he had retired, he started writing of his experiences. And this particular one he put a title on, and it appeared in the newspaper, the mm-hmm. Home Journal, in 1907. The title was, The Faithful Slave. Uh, he uh, Quoting now from uh, his writing, Of all the vast number of reminiscences, stored away in the mystic caverns of the brain, none have left a more lasting impression than my experience gained while living in the South, he does South with a capital S, Mm -hmm. in the South during slave time as a soldier and as an officer in the penitentiary system when the lease system was practiced. He's making reference to the lease system, and this is a sensitive point with him, apparently. Uh, If you take a moment to read, and I'm speaking off quote now, the actual text of the 13th Amendment, which is referred to frequently as the ended slavery all over the country, Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't quite. In fact, it explicitly uh, exempts from the abolition of slavery, Mm -hmm. the penitentiaries, and those who are incarcerated. In other words, it says this does not change the uh, forced labor use or what have you of those who have been adjudicated and are incarcerated. Mm -hmm. Uh, But even then it was going to, and it's still in the uh, Constitution, in that amendment, uh, although I have never seen it in contemporary uh, legal activity, I've never seen it referenced. Um, he goes on. Uh, I have related many things which occurred there, and vast as my experience was while living in the slave states before the war, I have never written anything on the subject. I must admit that I viewed slavery from the vantage ground of the better and brighter side. I will not here attempt to compare the black slavery of former days with the modern slavery of today as practiced in the good year of our Lord, 1907. However, I cannot refrain from calling your attention to the Holocaust in the mines of Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and one in Tennessee several years ago, where 200 poor white slaves were sacrificed through the neglect of the officers in charge. There was a period where uh, the safety standards in the mines didn't exist or weren't enforced, and uh, the lease system was the state would literally lease the labor of the uh, inmates Mm -hmm. to a private company or a private entity that then used the leased labor 
uh, inmates uh, in mines for labor. The reference to one in Tennessee is interesting because uh, the governor who approved it uh, and sent the uh, inmates in actually as strike breakers mm -hmm. up in mines in Tennessee was from Rutherford County, uh, Governor Buchanan. Mm -hmm. And he lasted one term because of the unpopular response, not only from the unionists, but just the those who were concerned about the safety issues yeah. involved here. Uh, the other day I noticed a lengthy article on the great men of Rutherford County. <clears throat> In vain did I look for the name of my old friend, General W. Lytle, who in the days preceding his death was a genial host of a hotel. And I wish he had detailed that a little more. But he says that... Uh, Many of the tales of valor and achievement as a hunter and fisherman he poured out, this is General Lytle, in my ears, only too willing to listen. I was then a young German lad, but recently come to America, and it was all very wonderful. To me, he was the personification of a true Southern gentleman, and the title of General prefixed to a name already honored in the community gave additional luster. Now, he's not talk, talking about the original Captain Lytle. He's talking about Captain Lytle's son or grandson mm -hmm. who died during the Civil War. Uh, he was not in in the service, in the military, uh, died on the Lytle property. Uh, but apparently, Crass had a personal relationship with him uh, during that time period. I have said so much of my old friend, reading again from Crass's writings, I have said so much of my old friend, the general, that I may impress upon the readers of the home journal the relationship existing in so many southern homes during slavery times between a slave and a humane master. General Lytle and his wife were true examples of that kindness which stands forth a virtue of the highest type of true chivalry. While honoring the master, I wish to add my tribute to that of the slave, Peter Lytle. Uh, that point uh, illustrates how the, the slave would take the name of the master mm -hmm. family. Peter Lytle, who of all the old residents, who of all the old residents of our community does not remember Peter? the Chesterfield of his race. An interesting reference. I guess that means, like we would say, the Cadillac. I say the Chesterfield. Yeah. Proud, yet courteous, and politely earnest and true. He was an incomparable servant. I can still imagine him standing behind my chair, waiting to serve me an extra portion of sponge cake, saturated with sauce, highly flavored with French brandy. I am a strict observer of the temperance laws, but fear I would not be able to resist the temptation where this dainty offered me. After the death of General Lytle, which was early during the war period, after the death of General Lytle, General Palmer became Peter's master. The relationships re-existing between them were cordial. General Palmer, also the peer of any in politeness, and fine manners, was a fitting master for such a noble slave. After the disastrous repulse of our troops at the McFadden Ford, where General Palmer was seriously wounded, Peter was found tenderly supporting the master and bearing him away from that terrible scene of slaughter and death. These friends are all gone, yet having known them intimately, it gives me pleasure to testify to their stir sterling worth. The value of these uh, things we find written, like uh, Fred Crass does here, is it gives us some insight into really how people thought and lived during that period. Yeah. And uh, particularly in a time when many of us are trying to recast history to serve some current end, 
uh, I think it's important to go back and say what really was the relationships, what really was the feelings and thoughts of people during that time, because they were different. Yeah. Uh, but as we were talking about how as death takes away our, our seniors, uh, we lose a sense of that history. We lose an access to that history that they know. Uh, very much the same here, because he's talking about Lytle and Palmer, who passed on and uh, is documenting for those of us who will take the time to study it, what uh, life was really like back then. But if we didn't have people like you who would research all of these things that uh, could bring it to light, um, we would never know uh, how, how available are all of these particular documents where people could actually read them and and maybe uh, in the quietness of the night uh, sit there and, and read all of these things that he's trying to tell us uh, after all of these years. Well, this particular one uh, is uh, a good illustration of the problem. The newspaper that I found was literally a piece of the paper that was uh, printed and circulated in 1907. Mm -hmm. It's the Home Journal, which was the leading newspaper of that period in Murfreesboro. There is not an archive of the Home Journal. Yeah. You cannot go online and find, you know, a series of uh, Home Journal uh, editions. Mm -hmm. There are a few scattered pieces. The the one that this appears in that I came across. It will not survive probably even my handling it, trying to put it away. Yeah. Uh, so what I have tried to do, and in the four books that I've written and another one that I'm working on, is to bring these things forward more or less intact mm -hmm. so that they can be referenced and found in the future. And anything I find in the home journal from that period I know is uh, very close to being lost. Yeah. And, uh, of course, I have a particular interest in Fred Crass because his son, he had five children, his youngest, Ambrose, we've talked about, uh, married my great-grandmother in their late years, mm -hmm. second marriage for both of them. And uh, so I remember Papa Crass, and Fred was his father. So you can see how there's a quick link back all the way to the Civil War period and the period before the Civil War, mm -hmm. just in three generations there. But what's so angering for somebody like me is the media does not want that to be public. They don't want anything to, uh, they don't want anybody to know about those particular uh, personal relations that were back then that were so positive and uh, I, that's the only thing that really scares me about this country right now is they they put up a wall against any type of information that would be positive for those relationships no matter which ethnic group or whatever they don't want anybody to know about it yeah well clearly the institution of slavery going back thousands of years uh, is wrong in so many ways yes. uh, but let's not try to add bitterness and a hate by twisting it and making it sound uh, different from what it actually was yeah we have a caller on the line caller welcome aboard with Greg Tucker thank you Truman and um, Mr. Tucker I always love, love Mondays your show is great man but uh, you mentioned Marty Luffman I just want to say, and I don't even remember what question I won this on, but I won this off the radio station. Man. Hey, we're we're having world. a hard time hearing you. Do you have a a, a, a radio or, or something on, or can you uh, the the telephone you're calling in on? It's hard to to hear you. Okay, is that any better? I'm I was probably holding it away from my. Is that any better? A uh, little. Oh, I just I was just gonna say. There you go. I'll, Okay, I won this uh, this book off the radio st uh, station there. I don't even remember what question I answered right, but I got something right. But it's a book by Dan Whittle, uh, Music City, Talent Behind the Stars. Mm -hmm. But 
on the inside cover is written, uh, Best wishes to Michael Parker, compliments of Marty Luffman and the Truman Show, WGNS Radio. Oh. And signed Dan and Pat Whittle. So that's, that's a book I'm going to keep. Oh, that's pretty special. Yeah, that is. I hate to hear that. I, I've never met I never met Mr. Whittle, but I love to hear him on the radio. And uh and Marty Luffman, I hate, I've never met him, but I I hate to hear I, I just wish him wish him uh, well, that's all I can say. But I just thought I'd share that with you. That's very kind of you. We appreciate that. Yeah. Well thank you. Thank I you. Appreciate Mike. Great show as always. Thank you, Mike. Yes, sir. You know, that, that doesn't that make you feel better? To hear that people are actually um, um, really caring about others, and, and they want to know what the the history part really is, and, and the people that were involved. I had rather uh, listen to you read that story uh, of how he um, uh, related to us than watch a television show. I really had. It, it means more to me. Uh, that's real life, and. And um, um, that's why I dropped my, you know, I told you I dropped my uh, television, my cable television. And uh, all I've got, uh, is, all I'm going to have, is, it would be the um, antennas in my attic. I can get probably 40, 50, but they're all much. In fact, I watched a, a, a gun smoke uh, yesterday that uh, had Chester in it. Oh my! Yeah, that goes. <laughs> that's, those are the golden years. Those are the golden years, and, and yeah. everything seems well, to be I, possible. We had our real heroes and our real villains, and well, it was I, pretty neat. I compliment you on cutting the cord, as they say, with AT and T. Yeah. Uh, uh, and if your antenna is like mine, installed in the 1950s, uh, you can still get, I'd say, a dozen stations uh, free. Off the air, or what do you call that? Through the air? Mm, I don't know how they do it, but I get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a flat wire that comes off the antenna and runs under the deck and comes through a hole in the wall, and it still works. Yeah. Well, my son Barry put it in for me, uh, which, which I, I was very, very happy. And you know who put my first antenna up? Many years ago, Bud Mitchell. Was that right? Yeah, he climbed on top of the house. He couldn't have been more than eight years old. And uh, his, his his daddy, Mr. Glenn, uh, told my daddy, I'm going to put you up uh, uh, an antenna and give you a, a, a TV to watch. And daddy said, no, we can't afford it. And then we got back from town, and there it was, sitting on top of the house. I think we have, we did we had one television station, and that was NBC. Well, I can remember watching them put up our first antenna and up on the roof. But then someone had to stay up on the roof while someone turned on the TV down in the, and yelled out the door or out the window, rotate a little more, and they would turn and move it until you finally had the optimum position Yeah. before you bolted it down, locked it down. And uh, the only way you knew is to have someone watch the screen uh, that was connected and tell you what, how far to go. That was a good old days. Yeah. And we we didn't know what that type of entertainment was back then. It was. Uh, did, did you remember the old show Inner Sanctum? It was yeah. a scary thing where you'd hear yeah. the creaking sounds and things yeah, the like door, that. The door opening. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was before we had a TV, and I had to go up to Bud's and watch it. And as soon as it was over with, it'd be about 8 o'clock at night. And Jake's Avenue was, I mean, it was quiet back in then. And you talking about scary. <laughs> I, after the show was over with, I would run home as fast as I could go. I mean, it was unbelievable. <laughs> Jake's town is still kind of scary at night. Oh, no. Oh, I, I, that's still home for me. Yeah, let's see. 313 Jake's Avenue. 313. Hey, great memory. <coughs> Do you remember that because it's an unlucky number? or? I remember it because you told me that was your address. Yeah, And I do, uh, I do have a very warm 
relationship with Jake's Avenue. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the reason I say it's kind of scary is there's no street lights. It's still That's at night. That's a good thing. That's good. It's still at night. It's dark unless someone's just got a bright porch light yeah. or something. Now, there, uh, the sky is going to be illuminated with all types of uh, moving targets up there. We, we used to call them shooting stars when we were yeah, kids. Yeah, meteor shower. I yeah. believe it's 21st, 22nd, which would be Wednesday, Thursday. What's today? Is it the 20th? Monday. Monday. I mean, I know it's Monday. Is it the 20th? You're looking at me. <laughs> no, it's not. I can't believe you don't know which day it is. I was thinking it was the 20th today. It, 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 I'm, tr I'm trying to give people an opportunity to watch the uh, meteors fly through the air. 22nd is, I think, Thursday. I don't think you're right. Yeah, because Rob Mitchell and I are meeting on something on Thursday. I believe it's 22nd. I'm looking at my phone. It's the 19th today. Okay. Makes Thursday the, the 22nd. 19th, 20th, 21st. It's three days there. Oh, okay. So Thursday's the 22nd. Okay. All right. I got you. <laughs> Mark that up. Yeah. And what time? Uh, best time, to, uh, I guess, to get it would be somewhere around midnight. Uh, Actually, I, I they think. say between early morning hours and dawn yeah. is the best time. So maybe 1 or 2 a.m. and dawn. Yeah. Got a phone call. Caller, welcome aboard. Uh, Sheriff Jones, I hope you don't uh, take offense at what I'm about to say. But I'm since, going to. <laughs> uh, I, no, but since I listen to you every day faithfully, and I love Mondays, by the way, Mr. Greg, but, uh, yeah. and John Blankenship is not there, I'm going to fill in where he would have filled in. Now, you said oh, no. that you used to go down to Bud Mitchell's at, with him and watch his TV when you didn't have one. Yes. I think now, now we know why he came and installed a TV in your house for no charge. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, you saw to, you saw right had, through that. I had, I had to do that, uh, Sheriff. I, I, yeah. I opened myself up, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Sir. Freeloading, truly. I, I really love y'all's show, and uh, I hope when you get Mr. Hooper on, my father used to take me down to the big grain. There was a grain mill or storage mill that was right next to Hooper Supply back in the day, and yeah. he just he knew the people, and he'd let us get in that grain, and I mean, just you just almost disappear in it. Just a little kid running up and down. But uh, I really love your show and love the history, and you guys keep it up, all right? Thank you very much. That was uh, I, that was a fun place to go. Of course, you know, it didn't take a whole lot to entertain us back in those days. <laughs> That's I, very true. Yeah. I love to go over there across the, the, the street uh, when over at the Ice House. And we, we would go uh, buy ice to put in our whatever, freezer or cooler or whatever. And that was fun. The, the guy that ran it, he was, I, I love to be around him. Uh, while we're talking about hoopers, there may be some people out there that don't know exactly where it is. Fine yep. Cannonsburg, our little pioneer village, is right next door, just on Front Street, where Front Street and I think Castle terminate. Is right there at Hooper's. Yeah. But the best way to locate it is to go to Cannonsburg, and it's the next, uh, the immediate neighbor to Cannonsburg down there. And I mentioned that because Bruce, uh, talking to Bruce the other day, he said he's uh, concerned and impressed how many people don't know, and he's a little bit off the beaten track. He is off the beaten track. You know, track. you've got to turn yeah. up uh, Front Street there mm -hmm. off Broad uh, and drive to the end of it to find Hoopers, uh, but Hoopers is unique. They not only retail, but they give out advice, mm -hmm. and the advice is free. And if you've got a problem with almost anything on your, your yard, your lawn, your farm, uh, your flower bed or whatever, someone there at Hoopers can give you some advice on, on what to do about it. And come in and just visit a little bit, please. Uh, you can't find a place that will welcome you in with open arms 
more than Hoover's. And They've you, been doing that for many, many years. If you like to talk, come in the front door, turn to the right and go to the fireplace, and there will be every morning a couple and sometimes a dozen people just sitting back there talking, enjoying the uh, companionship. Is that it? Are we are we through? We ought to be. Our time's run out. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you very much for listening. Uh, we thoroughly enjoy it. Greg is uh, he's a great friend to the whole community here, and we're just very uh, blessed to, to have him here. All right, guys, we will see you in the morning at 9 o'clock. Thank you, Truman. Thank you, Greg. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.